You're listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Bauckham. Thanks for being here and watching because what we've been going through is talking some basics about what happens in a relationship. You may have seen my video about how most couples hit the pause button and that's how they get into trouble. We're gonna go a little deeper on the backside of this because what we wanna talk about is what I call the arc of disconnection. And on the front side of that is the arc of connection, right? And so if you'll notice, uh, this is actually, uh, this this piece is out of my book, uh, How to Save Your Marriage uh, in Three Simple Steps. This is a book that I uh, wrote um, a few years back, but it still stands the test of time because marriages stand the test of time. We've had marriages a long time and a lot hasn't changed in them. Some things have about how we conceptualize them, but this has this piece about this arc of connection and the opposite side of that of the arc of disconnection. And, and so I want you to notice a couple of things. One is it covers from the very beginning until what happens if it continues on. But you notice that I included some off ramps from the disconnection because on this side is the disconnection. So we start with really no connection at all, right? That's, and, and so if you just kind of look there, you can see this, this is the arc of connection. First of all, that's upward. And then you can continue that process or you get stuck in the arc of disconnection. I'm gonna focus a little bit on that arc of connection but I really want to focus more on the art of the arc of disconnection and the art of keeping that from happening. So if you think about it, in the beginning of a relationship, there is really no connection, right? I mean, it, right before you meet, there's no connection. Before I met my wife, we had no connection. And so then we meet and there is this connection that I might have with lots of other people, right? We're walking across the campus. I'd seen her one other time, but we walked across the campus. A friend of mine introduced us. We went our separate ways. And that was at least that, hey, I know who you are. I know your name. And then that progressed, right? As she came down to my room, asked if a group of us were going to the movies and could she tag along? And I went, wow, this is an interesting person. I really like this person. I think I'm going to try to sit beside them. And so that began this little dance of connection. And as that connection grows, you go from being two separate people, me and you, me, you really, to me and you. And that process I talk about of becoming a we, right? That's in this arc of connection. And it grows. The further you get along, the more you begin to conceptualize yourselves as being, you know, this, this team. Now, that, as I've talked about in marriage, is symbolized by that, that sense of becoming a we that many couples do not ever get to. They never get that, not just where it's you and me, but we. We are the team. So there are a couple of places along the way. For instance, negotiating your roles and your rules and your expectations in the marriage is an important part. But there are several other off-ramps that can happen. What I really want to focus on, though, is what happens if you complete the arc of disconnection. So it's a mirror image, right? The more 
you connect up and then you disconnect. And one of the things that I want to tell you from the outset, because I was asked this question just the other day, if you are down in these stages of disconnection that I lay out, I actually lay out seven different uh, points along that or stages along that path downward. Do you have to work your way back up? And the answer is yes, kind of. Not entirely, but yes, kind of. And, and so first of all, let's talk about what that path looks like on the way down. So you, you get to this place where you have to make a choice. Are we going to join together, right? Are we going to link up and join together and see each other as being on the same team? Or are we going to begin to fall apart, to disconnect? Couples don't make that as a conscious choice. You're not sitting there going, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to follow the top of this curve on over and see what's on this other side of disconnection. Couples don't do that. So it happens little by little. And here's the thing. If you, you think about an arc, right? If you're going up, it's hard to climb to the top. And then it gets faster and faster to slide down to the bottom. There's a momentum that catches up. And it's the same with this. Momentum that gains to here, momentum that falls to here. So how does that work? The first level I've already talked about is kind of disconnection, but let's talk about disconnection as an overall concept, and it's one point on this stop. The, the disconnection is when I kind of stop going, okay, you're part of my life, and I'm part of your life. And disconnection is now we are no longer feeding each other's relationship, right? We are pulling that apart. Or if you're thinking of it, you never made it to we, this is the disconnection, and it grows and grows and grows and grows. And you may still be near each other vicinity-wise, right? Proximity may still be there, but you don't have the connection of going, oh yes, we're in this together. And a lot of times I see this with couples who have gotten in this mentality where it's divide and conquer. Not just the practical things like, hey, I'm gonna take care of this, you take care of that, but it's just, we're gonna go live our separate lives. Um, I've had people who've come to my office and said, we basically are roommates. I've had other people come into my office to say, you know, we're not going to separate, but this is a business arrangement at this point. Those rarely make it very long before they start tearing at each other, right? It becomes adversarial, and that's because of this arc. So disconnection is the overarching piece, and it's the stage along the way. But the next stage down, the next piece of that is actually disinterest. Disinterest is when you hear a spouse saying, you know, hey, what happened to your day? Oh, it doesn't matter to you. Or you're trying to tell them about your day and they're going, yeah, whatever, right? I, I don't really care to hear. And you maybe have some new interest in life and they're like, whatever, go do what you want. I don't really care, right? It's, it's the disconnection has led to a place where they don't have an interest and you don't have an interest in what's going on in each other's lives, you become separate lives. And so whatever you do, go do it. I don't care. You got a hobby, that's fine. I don't care. Don't bother me. Disinterest. The next stage down is disregard. So you go from disinterest, where I don't care what you're doing, to I'm not even going to put you into my calculation. Yeah, I'll go, I'm going to plan this trip. I don't really care if you wouldn't want to go because I don't care if you go or not, right? So there's disregard. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. It doesn't matter how it makes you feel. If it hurts your feelings, ah, too bad. And that's the feeling of disregard. Many times people are too nice to actually say it and you can feel it in their actions. You can feel the disinterest. Like the phone is out while you're trying to tell them about something 
either good or bad in your day or try to catch them up and they're like, yeah, okay, that's nice, whatever. The disregard is when they're like, hey, go away. I'm, I'm busy here with my game, right? And so the disregard is I no longer am taking you, your interest, your concerns into regard. I'm no longer going to pay attention to that. It just doesn't matter to me. So disregard is the next one down. It's a little harder uh, to take because suddenly not only are they not interested, there's the disconnection. So you're like, I feel distant from you. We'd feel distant from each other. It doesn't seem like you even care uh, about what I'm interested in. Doesn't even seem like you care about me would be disregard. The next one is disrespect, which is when the angry words start coming out. Things are said spitefully or cynically or angrily. Uh, the uh, put downs start happening, you know, and, and the disrespect is, is just this point where we're no longer even affording kind of civil courtesy. Many times I've talked to people and said, you know, you're probably nicer to strangers than you're being with your spouse. And they'll tell me they don't understand what's driving that. It's this level as it's going down you get to this place where it's kind of bubbling out and the disrespect is beginning to taint the relationship and, and beginning to tear away more because imagine disregard, first of all, you're not taking each other's concerns into account and how that begins to feel. And so you're like, well, if you're not gonna listen to me, I'm not gonna listen to you. If you're not gonna be interested in what I'm doing, I'm not gonna be interested in what you're doing. If you're not going to take me into account, I'm not gonna take you into account. If you're not going to respect me, I'm not going to respect you. And we have this cascade that's beginning to happen, which leads to this next stage, which is really a kind of a grief stage of disappointment. It's not what you imagined. Most people don't get to this place because that was what they planned for, right? They wanted something different. And, and here we are at disappointment. Disappointment is, is tough. Uh, because it begins to uh, pull at any last shreds of hope. Disappointment is bound in the, I was thinking something else was going to happen. And disappointment happens on a couple of places, really three. There's a disappointment of myself. I'm disappointed in how I'm reacting. I'm disappointed that it pulls this out of me. I'm disappointed that marriage is this way. Right. I'm disappointed kind of in the foundation of what I thought marriage was about and, and what happens. And the, the other one, which is probably the most painful, is I'm disappointed in you particularly. You are not holding up what I expected. Now, I want you to notice something. We'll talk about this another time, but expectations are deadly to relationships. And, we, and yet we have them all the time. We hold these expectations, whether they are implicit or explicit, meaning I'll tell you what my expectation is or it's hidden within me and maybe I'll even recognize it's an expectation, but it eats away at the relationship. And disappointment is a clear sign that expectations, stated or, other, or unstated, are un, uh, un, incomplete. The, the expectation is, is not happening, right? You're not meeting the expectation. And when people don't meet our expectations, we are disappointed. So behind every disappointment is an expectation either of what marriage was going to be like, of how I would be in the marriage, or how my spouse should be in the marriage. So that's that, that layer of disappointment that comes in. Right on the heels of that, it's dislike. Now, it may not be I hate you at this point, but dislike. I don't like you. I don't like where we are. I don't like where you are. I want you to notice that all of these pieces 
uh, are intermingled of um, how we feel about ourselves, how we feel about marriage in general, and how we feel about our spouse, right? And so you may even say, I, I even dislike the whole idea of marriage at this point. I, I will never be married again, is what I hear many people say. I, I, just the whole process, it just makes me sick about marriage. Or I really dislike how I'm acting in this, how I'm reacting in this, how I'm pulled into this. I dislike that about myself, how I am be, who I am becoming, right? And it's also, I dislike my spouse at this point. Nothing they do, I think is okay. And, and this is where it becomes very critical, uh, very uh, angry interchanges, um, and, and it's j they just no longer can even cooperate very well. And this is a lot of the poison that, that comes into a relationship because there's only one stage past that, and that is disdain. Disdain is where you want nothing to do with this awful, horrible, terrible person. You want nothing to do with the, you know, the whole situation. You want nothing to do with the institution of marriage. You want nothing to do with anybody who would side with a spouse. It's just full disdain. And that usually is the last stage. And as you are going down those pieces of disconnection, disinterest, disregard, disrespect, disappointment, then dislike, and finally disdain, it's harder and harder because momentum is building. So it's much easier to turn the corner at disconnection than it is at disinterest. Because how do you work on that? It's, it's much harder to get somebody's interest back, right? And it's easier to deal with disinterest than disregard, and easier to deal with disregard than disrespect, and easier to deal with disappointment, disrespect than disappointment, and disappointment than dislike, and dislike than disdain, right? So each one is another layer right down uh, the path. And so as we've now noticed, we have gone up the path that got us to the relationship, and now we've continued down the path that leads us to disillusion. You've disillusioned. So at that point, you've dissolved the relationship. That's what's what happens when we get to here. Now, there are times when people um, dis dissolve the relationship at a, at a higher place, right? Maybe they get to disappointment, they're like, oh, I'm fouling, or dislike, I'm fouling. But many times, they drag it all the way down to disdain and finally get to the place where they dissolve it. Is there a way to turn it back there? Yes. As I said, it is harder at every stage. This, you know, you could, you could spend a lot of time. People who are um, dating lots of people, you know, they may just live in this area. It's, it's, it's easy to meet new people, to, uh, you know, that those first few meetings are fun because everything's new, right? You, you have all this to learn about them. But then as it goes up, you're having to work harder to get there. It's a steeper climb to get there until you crest it. And then you have the opportunity, you have the opportunity to continue on the path and to continue with connection. What's about this? Pause button. I've pointed to that before. This is where people hit the pause button. This is where people, when they are that close to keeping it going, hit the pause. And when they hit the pause, what they don't know is they are beginning to trigger the backside. And the slide down gets to be faster and faster, harder and harder, and more momentum until we end up at dissolution. 
So part of what uh, I wanted to explain in this process is that there are these different stages of the disconnection and that they are, have new levels of difficulty in turning them around. Not that they can't be turned around, but you have to reinvigorate in more uh, difficult ways as you get there. So having, you know, having a place where you can, for instance, respect each other, right? Instead of going from um, a place of disdain to just simply dislike, maybe you are able to get to the place where you're able to once again talk about what's disappointing and where you would rather go, what you would like to move towards. And then you can begin to uh, work on how do you respect each other again and give each other regard and show interest in each other and finally reconnect as the whole piece continues on. Now, as I said, this path upward can take a long time, right? Many people build that path to connection over years. And then they hit the pause button and it takes years to begin to work through that disconnection because things are busy in life. You've got kids and you've got all these things going on. And so you might be able to sustain some of that middle point because you're not paying attention to what's going on. You don't see the pause button. So you don't know that the process has already started for the curve over. So that can take a while. But as these stages come in, they begin to happen faster and faster. But I want to say this, if you can get some leverage and when you get it turned around, it's not that it takes the same amount of time to get there, right? Many times we do many things in life where over the years we've done damage to our body. Maybe we stopped exercising for a long time. Maybe we had some bad habit. You know, I've seen the research about when people stop smoking, it doesn't take as long as they were smoking for their body to heal, right? As soon as they stop smoking, their body starts taking back over unless the damage has been done, right? Unless they've already gotten to that point and their body begins to recover, their lungs begin to recover, their system begins to recover very quickly as soon as they stop because it's, it's not the same linked back up and it's the same with other things. You know, people who haven't exercised in a long time, their body's out of shape. It doesn't mean it takes that long to get it back into shape. But what is the first thing that has to happen? They have to start. I've talked with some people who were so out of shape that they're like, I don't even know if I can walk a block. And my response is, so let's get you to walk a block. And then after you've walked a block, let's get you to walk a half a mile. And then they can begin to increase it because they begin to build a base. It's the same thing in your marriage. Yes, it could be at one of those very painful points. That doesn't mean it can't be turned around. It just means that it's more challenging the further it's gone along. Is it worth it? Only you can decide that. I believe that marriage is based in commitment, and I believe that what we've made as this idea in our culture that's just it's a simple divorce doesn't show up in research. The damage from divorce is, I think, much higher than, than people calculate when they're going into it because what they want is relief. And so because of that, they, they don't, recognize the damage that's happening. So I believe it's worth a try, but it doesn't matter if I think it's worth a try. That's you having to choose that. And so notice where you are on that arc downward and recognize that I've seen people at every one of those stages turn it around and build a marriage that both people want. And that's really my goal. If that's your goal and you need help with that, 
come visit me. I'll be at savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com. Thank you.